It is Walrus Mania tonight. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began, and Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figures. The Empire Strikes Back turn of the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast. It's the Kivecast. Newest news on the oldest toys, from bubble bath to belt buckles. 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. Watch out, watch out! We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive! With informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. An Octavito with Memphis The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. The SWCA.com. With your hosts, Sky Payne, Steven Chewbacca, 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 and Steven B. Deadly. I've got you now, Ben Kenobi. Star Wars Early Bird Certificate Packet. On this month's Kivecast Vintage Pod, Sky and Steve break the enhanced barrier for the first time ever. This episode tackles the wonderful world of Walrus Man and his newly renamed friend. Sky unveils more details about the mega archive party at Celebration 6. And together, we discuss the debunking of several rarity myths and introduce a new hobby term, the Francis. Todd Chamberlain drops by for a trip down memory lane discussing the biggest ever Star Wars display auction from 1993 Star in Las Vegas. Vocab and nugget sections tackle molds and unloved AM radios make a stream of a Mascatron Steve. Our market watch and feedback sections round out the rest of the show with a special remix from a forgettable prequel moment. Grab your man suits, everybody. This is one of the longest Kive casts of all time. Wampa Wampa, everybody. Welcome to the Kive cast for April 2012. Yep, it's the 27th uh, vintage pod of the Star oh Wars gosh. Collector's Archive. And, uh, you know, Steve, I think this month, more than any other month, we're really relying on the Star Wars Collector's Archive. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And I don't know, I just, the more I think about this whole podcast, the more I think, I'm just so glad that we have some way of directing people around in that awesome, endless sea of interesting uh, information. So Yeah, it's a good good foundation. (laughs) Yeah, it, it really is. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have some more exciting information, although I guess now I record those things later where I say, and this month we're going to do this and that. I don't even need to say it, Steve. (laughs) How's uh, La Cañada going? It's going all right. Uh, We just got some rain today, so it kind of cleaned the air a little bit, which is always good. (laughs) But uh, it's it's going well. It's it's good. And, and, And did you get my newspaper yet? I didn't yet. I'm actually. I, I'm. I asked uh, my friends up in Santa Barbara to keep an eye out for it. But right. uh, so the the, yeah. the background on that is, I got a call out of nowhere uh, to be interviewed by the Santa Barbara News Press. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Santa Barbara News Press about fantasy baseball. <laughs> How did they find you? <laughs> it's a long story. Okay. But, uh, All right. But I, I mentioned I mentioned you, Steve, and, and he said he would try and get you in there too, and even try and get the Kivecast. So so stay oh, wow. tuned next month to see if we made it into the real newspaper. <laughs> um, it was great. I gave your name, and I was like, no, no, wait, Stephen B. Danley. <laughs> I, I made sure to emphasize that. So yeah, so who's our who's our figure this month, Steve? Walrus man. Walrus man. And uh, you know, I was thinking of my of my sort of vintage movie thought. And I had one that was 
forced and the other that wasn't forced. So okay. I, I'd like to kind of go into both of them just because right. I think these are fun. So the first one was kind of forced, which is why doesn't Walrus Man like Luke? <laughs> it's a now, good question. The first time I saw the movie, I remember thinking, is this what happens? You go to a bar and someone just walks up and just starts telling you he hates you. <laughs> so what do you think? Why is it? Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he just smells bad for, for walrus people. I don't know. That could be. He could like smell extra dry or something and they like maybe wet smelling people or humid people. And he probably smells better than uh, what? what's the, the doctor, you know? He yeah. probably smells better than him. Maybe he's just used to it. Yeah, which, which, by the way, Steve, I think for this month, uh, because he was never called Dr. Evazan or Dr. Ezavanon or whatever, uh, I think we should just call him – I think uh, that should be one of our tasks is what would he mm. have been named in the vintage Ooh. era? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good question. I, I came up with Smushface. Man, that – I don't think I need to come up with anything. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's, it's Smushface <laughs> and Walrus Man. Those are the guys yeah, yeah. who are hanging out together. <laughs> and and this was the this was the unforced thought that I thought up of the organic one. All right. Okay. Smushface and Walrus Man are the inversion, the dark mirror of C three PO and R two D two. Oh no! Now that is organic. If if anything. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> where, so where are we going with this? All right. So hear me out. So remember when they go into the cantina, right? Mm-hmm. And and they say, you know, we don't allow their kind here. Right. Right. Okay. So. That means droids, okay? But in another way, it can also mean they don't allow anything that's good or anything that's pure, mm. right? That's what they want to keep out. They want to keep it dirty and a wretched hive of scum and villainy, right? Except so, for tree huggers, yes. Except for – yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, you know, of course you can slip in being Obi-Wan and Luke, whatever. But I'm just right. I'm speaking theoretically here. Yeah. So what is the relationship between Smushface and Walrus Man except for the same one – as C-3PO and R2-D2. One is the interpreter, and the other makes sounds that cannot be understood by anyone else. Mm. Essentially, what Smushface right. does is he comes up and says, I am versed in over one walrus man language, and he tells you he does not like you. <laughs> what do you think, Steve? I, I think that, considering where that started, that, <laughs> that, that's pretty good. I, I was a little little worried at first but no no it all makes pretty good sense uh that's thinking right there that's good i i don't know if, if lucas was thinking of it that way but I, I think there's a possibility because you know we had the, the the two figures that take you throughout the entire movie you know that's the way he sees the original right. star wars is you you take and you go from uh, you go from the uh, uh from the droids and they take you through well they're stopped here and the symbols of people who are trying to stop you on your her- hero quest. Joseph Campbell! Right? The, the, the people who are trying to stop you on your hero quest represent, like the like I said, the dark mirror of yeah. C-3PO and R2-D2. So, mm. just throwing that out there, Steve. Deep thoughts. I like it, though. D- deep thoughts. And that has nothing to do with vintage collectibles. So, uh, what do you say we hit the news, Steve? <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. All right, now that we've uh, solved, now that I've done my sort of literary analysis of Smushface, Walrus Man, 
you know, it's it's not a, an official segment, Steve. We've, we've sort of been commenting on the figure sort of after we hit the news drop. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so what's your what's your feeling on Walter's news? When I first saw a figure, I always wondered what the deal was with the the blue. You know, the uh, the he kind of looks like he's wearing a leotard. Yeah, well, you know, I think Steve. I was going to save this for the feedback section, but we have uh, to talk about it now. So okay. in the last month's episode, uh, check it out, uh, episode 26. It's a pretty good one. They're all good ones, Steve, uh, <laughs> except for that one episode that really wasn't very good, uh, where I was eating the whole time. That was bad. But anyways, <laughs> all of them except for that one uh, were good. Um, but anyway, so we, we put up a poll, and you could vote on what do you call Hammerhead's piece of clothing. <laughs> and uh, I, I just I think we're gonna have to have the same thing for for Walrus Man eventually. Yeah. Okay. Um, but first, let's discuss the results of the vote, Steve. Yes. Um, the winner was yours, Steve. Uh, and I'm completely surprised. Uh, uh, yeah, so Steve wow. put forth Mansuit, and <laughs> of the boy, I don't know how we had what like sixty votes, something like that. We had a we had a bunch of votes uh, that wound up winning. Uh, yeah, we had 62 Incredible. votes, and Mansuit won with 35%. Mine, onesie, ran 24%. So, Steve, I think that's a mandate, of course, saying everyone prefers you to me. Uh, <laughs> then there's Mankini, which sort of went nowhere. That had 23%. And Leotard, the sort of uh, the uh, old official one on the Star Wars Collector's Archive, right. only received 18%. Oh, man. Uh, but my favorite was we had a, a, a write-in vote. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> and uh, I, I just I, – I love that someone took the time to write in. And the thing is, I think they may be right, Steve. Yeah, I think they are. Uh, they say, I would say that the Hammerhead costume most closely resembles a singlet. <laughs> so, Steve, I don't know if we actually have to redo the vote adding in singlet. Um, that was from Skookum Trooper. Whoever that is, whatever Skookum is, um, but Skookum, uh, you you could be right, but nope, it's Mansuit. It's officially been said. <laughs> um, so then, so then the question is, uh, what is it that Walrus Man is wearing? And uh, I think for that, Steve, I think that an interesting thing to look at is the is the old um, uh, like the catalog entry that has yeah, the, the older yeah. pictures of the. Uh, second wave. So the second wave of figures before they came out, they were featured in a catalog, and they're these weird prototypes that came mm -hmm. out. They were totally different, right? And they're all interesting and they're all fun, and we'll talk about them uh, as time goes on. But the Walrus Man, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Steve. Uh, yeah, it's it's the one that's a little bit more more accurate, I guess. Yeah, because he's wearing a long orange sleeve sweater. Right. Right. And and that's the thing is why did they make his arms blue when the most noticeable thing about him is he had his arm cut off and he's yeah. wearing you know he's wearing that cool kind of uh, like flight jacket like orange right. flight jacket so yeah I don't know Kenner what, what do you think it is Steve I I guess the only thing I can think of is they just wanted to have more colorful figures but I mean they had it closer on the first round <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they, they really did, um, and then it just winds up being this sort of onesie again, except with a turtleneck. Yeah, you got uh, a turtleneck this time. I never really thought about that. Um, why would you go to the effort of not having arms if you're then going to have a turtleneck? 
Um, like I like my arms to be nice and cold, but my neck insanely hot. Yes, especially on a on a desert planet. Especially on a desert planet. Um, and I, I his feet too. The web. Oh feet. yeah, the web feet. Just such a. I mean, this really is such a terrible, ugly, ugly figure. <laughs> and I, I feel bad because the the the, the mortar headmaster out in, in uh, California collects collects uh, walrus man, but he's so ugly he's beautiful. You know, he's yes. he's, he's that kind. And uh, again, Steve, it's it's you know what I'm gonna save I'm gonna save a piece of nonsense about the clothing. You know, let's do the poll question in the feedback. Okay, as to what we're actually gonna name it. Let's let's tease the audience. Um, but it includes a techno remix of an episode one line that I just found on the internet that is the greatest oh, thing I've ever oh, heard. Boy. So you're going to have to listen to the whole show, folks. Um, yeah, so so news this month. We're actually we're recording a little bit early. We're recording uh, towards the middle of the month. Um, but you know what? There's, there's still some interesting stuff going out there. Um, I was thinking we could maybe start with uh, this thread on perceived rarity versus actual rarity. Oh yeah, it's another contribution from Miss the Eighties, right? Yes, from from uh, Mrs. the Eighties. Yes. Um, and uh, I just I was just sort of scanning through the scanning through the forums, and this is something that comes up a lot. And it's mm -hmm. I remember when I clicked on it, I was wondering like, oh, is this a thread that I started like seven years ago? Um, <laughs> which is I think part of the reason that I like Miss the Eighties is. You know, I don't start a lot of threads these days because if if I'm going to say something, I usually save it for the for the the vintage pod. Um, but uh, I always used to start threads that I thought were fascinating and they never went anywhere. Um, <laughs> but Miss the Eighties starts threads that are interesting and they actually get some traction. So, so that's good. So what what, what is uh what's he saying here? So so we have he takes some of the more you know conceived rare or desirable figures like vinyl cape jawa blue snaggletooth yak face and uh he kind of presents a similar little uh table of figures uh like he did with the afa uh yellow stuff and it's basically just showing that <clears throat> there's actually quite a few that have been documented and like let's see for vinyl cape jawa um there's hundreds of them but yeah, uh literally there's yeah, a... literally hundreds of them, and you'll see the uh, you know the prices for an eighty-five at over five grand, um, and so it's just it's just interesting, and it, the same kind of thing applies for like blue snaggletooth and, and yak face, but that the Jawa one really just jumps out right away. Yeah, so I think what we should do is for the audience who hasn't seen this, okay, so if you know that an AFA eighty-five vinyl cape Jawa generally goes for five thousand dollars. Think about how many of those exist. Think of a number in your head. Now, Steve, tell them the number. Our grade 85, we yes. have 90 of them. 90. 90, and that's on card. 90 times. That's 90 vintage mint on card AFA 85. I mean, that's just crazy. I yeah, mean, yeah. That's like 90. That is a lot for five grand. So, uh, yeah, I think that's... Pretty pretty awesome uh, information, and the fact that there's even twenty six AFA nineties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that there's four hundred total between the that the the mint on card and loose, and that's just mm -hmm. uh, graded. Although I have graded, to say, yeah. Vinyl Cape Jawa is one of the figures where I think AFA is great, and I think it should exist. Um, I think that I think they should all be all be graded. Yeah, I mean, unless you never want to sell yours and you know it's legit. 
Right. Um, Steve, am I going to get hate mail? I I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, to be honest, I've actually kind of always wanted hate mail. Remember in the beginning when I used to say how, how lame Battle, Battlestar Galactica was? And <laughs> yeah, no one ever got on you for no that? No one ever really got on me for that, so I, uh. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, you know, that there's that's over almost 400 blue snaggle teeth, and mm-hmm. um, which, of course, is, is the plural of blue snaggle tooth, uh, and, and a whole bunch of yak faces. So. Yep. It was neat. It was it was a a fun thread and had lots of interesting talks about about uh, supply and demand and and how it all works. Um, so yeah, it was uh, I think a good thread. And that was from from March, but I just I don't know figured might as well mention it in uh, in uh, April because it's a good topic. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Steve, things are coming along for the archive party. Oh yeah, definitely. I can't wait, man. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to kind of uh you know, last time I had to go in and sort of edit some information. So I may do that at the end of this. So if it okay. sounds like we're not talking and I'm just talking, that's that. But it's still <laughs> August 23rd, 7 to 10 p.m. and uh we're working on ticket prices and we're trying to figure out uh, how the money is all going to be divided up. But Steve, I got to say response for sponsorship was like immediate. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was able to cover the the down payment with no problem, and uh, looks like we're going to be able to get to get food and and maybe even lots of it. So good deal, right on. Yeah, and and we're, we're still, as the months <clears throat> go on, we're, we're going to be soliciting you, our, our listeners, to buy tickets uh, in advance. And uh, if things work out, I'll uh, sort of jump in right here and tell you how much they cut. The price for the official party of the Star Wars Collectors Archive will be five dollars. What are we going to do with that money, you may ask? Well, it's going to be costing thousands of dollars to buy you all hamburgers and hot dogs. So certainly we must be paying ourselves back. Oh no, we're more giving than that. Every single cent. Not not just profit, every single cent made from this entire event is going to go to a worthy local charity. Save the manatees. That's right. Save the manatees. Expect many, many amusingly themed uh, pieces of memorabilia attached to this. Think of the sea cows. Think of the manatees. Think of the archive party. Let's get back to the show. Oh, also, Steve, this is going to be the first enhanced podcast. Oh, good deal. So I I guess... uh... You found out a way to do that on GarageBand, or? Yeah, well, you know, Steve, I think I've always kind of known how to do it, or okay. I've sort of known it's possible. Um, but usually, when I export them, I don't want them to be too big files. And that made okay. a big fi- I don't really know what it is, and to tell you the truth, Steve, I don't know how to do it. But I've got, <laughs> I've got like two weeks. So I figure I'll have figured it out in that time. Um, <laughs> but I guess what I realized is a lot of people listen to this on smartphones now, and right. uh, maybe they're sitting down and they'll, they'll take a look at it. Um, don't look at it while you drive, though. Um, it's not worth dying to see Hammerhead singlet. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, man suit, Hammerhead's man suit. Um, <laughs> little shout out to Skookum there. Uh, yeah, so that's that's going to be kind of exciting because I, you know, as I said a long time ago, when I first had this project in mind, you know, I, I emailed, uh, I think it was John Alvarez, and he's like. Well, who'd want to listen to a podcast about toys when you can't see them? I was like, mm. oh, well, I guess we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that'll be cool. Kind of make it more visual. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. What else is in the news, Steve? <laughs> well, we got feel good news. Oh yeah, feel good news. This this got bumped last month. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's it is a good story because uh, you know we were ta- I was talking a couple months ago about really wanting uh, the the Barney figure that was included in the one dollar flicks auction. So the famous auction where the five thousand dollar figure was sold in a lot of junk toys, and one of them is Barney playing guitar. Now, Steve, how how in the world? Because I wanted a listener to send it to me, and then you send it to me. So how in the world did this happen? Well, it's still t- kind of a listener. It, it worked out yeah. that way. Brock feel, 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 was feel. listening to the podcast, and he happened to find an auction that had that Barney plus another one that had a movie camera that said Holly Rock on his T-shirt. <laughs> so I'm like, well, there's two Barneys. This is perfect. So I, I scooped it up, and uh, I sent the rock and roll Barney across the country and the uh, Hollywood Barney's here with me in LA. So, uh, that makes, yeah. you know, Steve, when you told me that last month, I'm like, that makes sense. But I didn't think about the fact that you're actually in Hollywood now. Right. Yeah. So that really is. And I record in, in my family's music room. I'm staring at our, at our two electronic drum sets here. Sweet. So, yeah. So I'm the rock and roll Barney and, and you are the Holly rock Barney. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was, that was pretty awesome. And I think, we're gonna to have to bring all those things to the party, Steve. Uh, I think yeah, we have to bring yeah. all of our. I think you were comparing it to some sports host who has all those oh, yeah. tchotchkes. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the Dan Patrick show. They kind of any any guest that donates stuff to them or, or listeners that send stuff. They kind of just decorate their whole studio with with uh, with the stuff. So that's just what it made me think of. Right, and I think too. It's uh, and you were also sent a a B wing skiff guard from. Chris. I was. Yeah, Chris. Uh, he. Sent me one that he'd been uh, working on. It was a while back. I remember he showed me the picture, and, and he uh, he got one finished, and he sent it over to me uh, last month. And, man, it is just awesome. Um, and it's uh, it just couldn't be any better. So I'll, I'll get a picture of that up uh, so we can we can show it this month. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, I think, uh, I think there's maybe some more kind of personal news stuff. Maybe we'll, we'll move that to the feedback section because I feel okay. like we're talking too much about ourselves. Um and actually, we were talking about that vintage Walrus Man concept. And, right, right. Uh, and I was thinking that, you know, especially because, you know, we talked to Dan Curdo a couple months ago. And I just, I think that customs is an area that we should maybe talk a little bit more about. Because a lot of people who collect vintage used to do customs, or they still do. Right. Um, so we're going to include a link uh, to this, this insane custom thread. Yeah. Um, and what I, th- what I like about it is... Uh, it's by um, he's like a Alex, I believe is his name. Newborn Alex, I think. Newborn he's a, Alex, I think he's yeah. A, a very famous uh, customizer. I think he's also a vintage collector too, isn't he? I feel like I've, I, that name definitely rings a bell. Right, and yeah. so you know, he just he took the the image of the full sleeved walrus man uh, wearing his full sweater, <laughs> um, <laughs> his full turtleneck. Uh, walrus neck? <laughs> Why is it called a turtleneck anyways? Turtles don't really have necks, do they? <laughs> Alright. Uh, anyway, so he's wearing his full sleeve turtleneck, and he goes through the whole process of, of making this figure. Yeah, it's just incredible, all the steps that he went through to do this. Yeah, and the thread's from 2006, so it's it's really old. Um, but I think you get, get an idea of... Uh, first of all, it provides really nice pictures of those... Uh, 
uh, from the catalog where you right. see the original uh, second eight being shown and just you see his work. So I, uh, I suggest you all click through and check out that link or check out the picture on your smartphone, Droid Razor. <laughs> um, and also, Steve, uh, I think I want to come up with a new feature. Oh, I, I really like the sounds of this. <laughs> just just because it's one of my favorite movie moments of all time. <laughs> so, Steve, uh, yesterday, uh, I, well, first of all, I, I just got over this kind of weird stomach virus. Um, so I, I was supposed to interview Todd Chamberlain, and I was, like, puking my brains out, so I could interview uh, him. Never, never good. Um, but I, I got the interview done, and you'll hear it later in the show. Uh but what happened was right after that, you know, I was always planning on going. So I live three hours from Toronto. And so we were planning on – and we did. We went to the Toronto Blue Jays, Boston Red Sox baseball game. I took my two kids. And as you may know, driving in a car with kids is not always fun. So you know, we have movies. So I was playing for them Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, which is, you know, of course, a great classic movie from the 80s. Uh, side note, Steve, uh, we actually went to go see the Pee Wee Review in L.A. when he came back. Oh, right, right. Um, I actually missed the Super Bowl that year because we went to that. And, I think that's better. <laughs> and yeah, my kids got to, like, shake his hand and they got to sit in Cherry. Oh, it was, the, it was absolutely awesome. So, anyways, we were watching this and I just heard Pee Wee say, It's not for sale, Francis. <laughs> and it made me think, Steve. There's a whole phenomena in collecting, and it's often where people show up and they've got a ton of money, and they just think they can buy anything. Yep. They just, whatever it is, I want to throw my money at it, and I'm going to get it. My dad says everything's for sale. You know, that's what, that's what <laughs> Francis says. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to play the clip here for you. So I, I have the clip here. And it's Francis, who is Pee Wee Herman's rich neighbor, who wants to buy Pee Wee Herman's bike. And they get into this whole sort of back and forth thing. And ultimately, Pee Wee says, I'm never going to sell it. And then I'm going to sort of relate this back to collecting Morning, afterwards. Look, Francis, today is my birthday, and my father said I can have anything I want. Good for you and your father. So guess what I want? A new brain. Now, your bike. <laughs> What's so funny, Pee-wee? It's not for sale, Francis. My father says everything's negotiable, Pee-wee. I wouldn't sell my bike for all the money in the world. Not for a hundred billion million trillion dollars. Then you're crazy. I know you are, but what am I? You're a nerd. I know you are, but what am I? You're an idiot. I know you are, but what am I? 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 Infinity. No, I'm not. You are. No way. Knock it off. Cut it out. Oh, shut up, Pee-wee. Why don't you make me? Why don't you make me? Because I don't make monkeys. I just train them. Pee-wee, listen to reason. Come on! I'm listening to reason. Pee-wee! That's my name. Don't wear it out. Remember the first time I saw your bike? You were riding past my house, and I came running out to tell you how much I liked it. Even I love that did. story, Steve. I love that story. So, so do I. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is, I'm, I'm particularly thinking of this because often people just 
think they can buy it and no matter what it is and sometimes there really isn't a price sometimes you just can't sell it and I'm thinking in particular of one collector who I am very I consider myself to be friends with uh-huh. and he had an item that I absolutely was dying for uh, I mean we're talking about 2004 2005 and I just kept asking him to buy it and he'd always just kind of give me this smile and then he'd say it's not for sale and I'd talk to everyone and say no he just doesn't sell things so you have to trade mm. so we'll hopefully talk about it in May because my side of the trade is, is in the mail and hopefully his oh, side yeah. of the trade will be on the way over but it took me all these years to understand. And he was very patient with me because he knew I was a good guy. And a lot of times when you have to tell people, it's not for sale, Francis, they're not being jerks. They just don't understand the patience and the fact that just some things aren't for sale, you know? Yeah. So that's what I say from now on. If people bug you about <laughs> items that you don't want, just call them Francis. That's like the the, the, the short code. You know what I mean? Just tell them it's not for sale, Francis. You know, and they can say like, "Oh, it really fit my focus because this and that would be the greatest thing." You just go, "I love that story." <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, what do you uh, think, Steve? Is that too uh, mean or? No, I think it's it's still it's still lighthearted at heart. I mean, it's Pee Wee Herman that you can't anything that gets him into this. I, I'm I'm all for. <laughs> right, you're all, you're all for it. So. I just think that's that's nice, and I think a lot of elements, a lot of things, you know, my collection just aren't for sale, Francis, and and, and people know that. Um, so good, Steve. I I'm I'm glad you like our. I don't know if it's a new feature, but maybe it's just new hobby terminology that we that we want to propagate. <laughs> um, but I have to say, I've definitely heard it's not for sale a lot more than I've had to say it. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> I am more often the Francis than the Pee Wee. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. More often am I looking for the bike as opposed to possessing it. Right. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, well, yeah, good. So wh- why don't we save the the, the last kind of uh, personal bits uh, about the the forgetful uh, the forgetful uh, twenty one backstories. Okay. Um, for the <laughs> for the the feedback, and let's get into uh, what's now becoming a monthly thing, which is vintage vocab. All right. Let them folks change our vocabulary. Change our vocabulary. It's vintage. All right, Steve. So. I think it's nice and it's a good idea. I think you were the one who suggested it that we sort of have the the nugget tied in with the vocab. Yeah, yeah. So we're eventually going to talk about a silicone mold, but I realized well, I don't even understand what a silicone mold is. I mean, I do in <laughs> in the abstract. Um but there's a lot of great stuff on the archive. Again, it's an archive heavy episode this month. And I think that we should use that, use the archive to try to understand what is a silicone mold. And also, Steve, I believe this will be a really nice feature for the enhanced podcast because you'll be able to actually see the steps as they go along. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. So, Steve, why don't you start telling us? Uh, right. And a lot of this comes from the Chris Trogulius write up on the archive. If you want to do your best North Carolina accent, uh, we're, we're all ready, Steve. Uh, I don't. I don't think I could do that, okay. poor Chris, <laughs> or or the listeners. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm I'm bad enough. Uh, <laughs> 
So uh, basically, silicone molds are they're made from the original wax sculpt of the figures, and their main purpose is to make the hard copies, which is another thing altogether. But uh, they, you know, they're made by hand, and um, they're made for each part of the figures. So the arms, the legs, head, torso, etc. Each have their own mold, which is split into two parts. And um, so basically, you have your urethane poured in for each part uh, to make the hard copies. So um, that's that's it in the abstract, I guess. But right. So so just just kind of imagine that. So then, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, because you know more about this stuff than I do. So then, in the phases of of making a figure, you mm-hmm. got you got the the artist who makes the wax sculpting, right? And then you make this mold mm-hmm. from that wax sculpting. So like right. the silicone is kind of like pliable or you can make imprints on it. Right. So that makes this kind of uh, reverse figure, sort of like indentation in this mold. Yeah. Like, 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 like a pie tin or something. Yeah. Okay. And then the material for the hard copy is poured into that. Right. And then the hard copy is used to make the steel mold. Uh, right. Well, they yeah they use that to make the steel molds. So that'd be like the tooling master. That's those are the ones that are usually unpainted hard copies. And then the painted hard copies are like the paint masters to get the uh, the color scheme right and all that. Right. And so then once you have the steel mold, then you can start making thousands upon millions of figures. Right. Right. All right, Steve. I think I finally understand how a toy's made. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and there, there's all all sorts of little bits of terminology. Um, one thing I was thinking about doing this when we get to the nugget is um, I could actually add for the for the image. You could add just a little uh, icon or a note for what the different parts are that that we can talk about. But uh, okay, that that's the molds in abstract. I think I think you got it pretty good. Okay, good. So that 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 makes sense. So then the silicone mold is what is it's in between the actual wax sculpting, mm-hmm. which I think is the most tangible and understandable thing of the whole process because yeah. you actually have the artist's hand making those weird puffy testicular tusks on walrus man's face <laughs> and yes i just snuck that in there and and then that wax that artist's hand is then put on it's just funny because there's so many like positive and negatives and negatives and positives yep. before you yep. actually get to the final toy yeah um Makes me happy I don't collect all this 3D stuff because it just drives me nuts <laughs> doing this all these phases and you could just, have uh, such an amazing thing. Just, just have you ever tried to read the coin article uh, on the on the production oh, of coins? Yeah, no, it's... I, I have. Just my head starts spinning and then I pass out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's similar but even crazier. So. <laughs> yeah, even crazier. Anyway, so yeah. that, that leads us well into the nuggets, Steve. Thanks, yeah. thanks for the breakdown of what a silicone RTV mold is. Wait, wait, wait. RTV. Oh. Oh, you know, Room that, temperature vulcanization. That's a little too Christogliosatic, <laughs> uh, meaning it's too smart. <laughs> I, I don't know how to say all this stuff. Um, right, we'll just leave it at where it is because I think that's that's a good basic understanding. Okay. <laughs> all right, but let's hit the nugget. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. From the archive. Oh my God, That's a good new adjective, Chris Jogliasatic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Steve, our 
not coincidentally, our nugget of the month is the Walrus Man silicone mold just for the head. Right. So, Steve, why again? I'm, I'm asking this facetiously. I actually know the answer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> why again is it a head mold and not a mold for the whole figure? Each figure part is cast on its own. So, and assembled eventually, you know, when they do production on its own. So they all, they make molds for each part for the, uh, for the eventual production mold. So it's just kind of, it's a, it's a thing that kind of carries through the whole process. Okay. So and this is the head mold and right. it's got two different sides to it. One mm -hmm. is, I presume the back of his head yep. and the other is the front of his head right. with his scrotular face. Right. <laughs> um, I just let that one in too. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think some of the key points are, um, for one, uh, uh, the fact that Star Wars character prototypes are really rare in their own right, but then to have uh, molds, which I think uh, are only existing, or parts of them are only existing for less than 10 figures of the whole line. So to have wow. one for a Star Wars character makes this particular mold just extremely uh, unique. Or not, well, it, of course it's unique, but extremely rare that it's you know still around. And, right. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> it says that... Uh... There's a Rancor Keeper torso, mm -hmm. which, boy, who doesn't want that? <laughs> and that's, is that the ugliest body part in all of Star Wars? I think it might be. <laughs> Excuse me for clearing my throat, but I mean, really, the Rancor Keeper torso. I mean, I know that's a valuable piece of pre-production item, but talk about the worst of the worst. Oh, uh, you're going to have to take that up with Ron. All right. He, he's the Rancor Keeper master. He is. I know. Yeah. And I, I must have <laughs> stared right at the Rancor Keeper torso <laughs> mold and not really registered it. But, uh, wow, that is just such a terrible part. Terrible. He does not take good care of himself. No. <laughs> um, anyway, so there's, the, there's that. And then there's the Han Carbonite block and the produced and the alternate hard carbonate block. So uh, unproduced Ewoks. So this is definitely the king of those. Would you say there's more of this or of vinyl Cape Jawas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> what, what's cool is that, uh, you know, they're, they're really weird items. And part yeah, of my, my problem with it is, is, is hard. I think it's hard to display them because if yeah. you don't know what they are. You don't know why they're awesome. Um, right. But I do particularly like this one because it almost looks like a, uh, like a Byzantine religious relic or something. It does. Yeah. Because yeah. Because it, it makes almost like a, like a weird, like symmetrical cross with these indents around his head. And then <laughs> the head, it must've been like attached with some kind of like guiding scaffolding. <laughs> so there's almost like a halo around him. And then the the stick that goes up to his neck. So it almost it's looking like the the staff of Ra from Raiders of the Lost. Ark. It does look like the staff of Ra. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's really cool. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm thinking a lot about t-shirt designs and stuff, and that that might be a good one. Just having the the weird walrus man with the 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 neck and the thing around his head, and it seems to be like there's this beam of light shooting out of the top of his skull. <laughs> um, and all these they'll be annotated in in the image with with both skies. Uh, religious <laughs> undertones and and their production counterparts all right good <laughs> well, i don't know about annotation steve that's you who's saying that i'm, I'm uh, that's I, I can i can do that no if you can do it then then good 
right. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's really good, and we just scratched the surface on that. But you know, yeah. I don't, I, I don't feel that comfortable um, uh, reading sentences like, "You will notice a small triangular channel extending up from the head cavity." Actually, no, wait, that is pretty cool. <laughs> huh. So this is referred to the, as the gate, where the right. liquid urethane entered into the head cavity. So you got it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is kind of cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that just tells you uh, more reasons to go and, and, and check it out. Um, yeah. And again, from the outside, they're just it looks just like a red blob. You know? It's described as a sandwich on a plate, which actually is, is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It makes me think of the blockheads from Gumby. But, uh, ah, oh yeah, definitely. That's another one of my childhood favorites, along with Pee Wee. That's, uh, that's getting shoehorned into this episode. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely definitely a nugget because I'd never seen it and uh, and I hadn't really thought about it. And now, next time I go back to to uh, to Ronderlay, to Ron's collection, off to check out that that torso. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it probably smells like. Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Steve. Well, uh, as I like to say, uh, every uh, smush face has its walrus, man. So uh, let's go to our unloved item of the month. All right. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. The unloved and the unnatural. All right, Steve. So for the for the unloved, uh, you kind of came out of left field with this one, uh, like like Juan Rivera, and uh, <laughs> he plays left, right? Yeah, ni- nice nice Dodger reference there. Yeah, good, I picked him up on skill. my team. So oh, okay. He's doing nothing. Of course, uh, <laughs> he's a Dodger. <laughs> he's, he's a Dodger. Dodger. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, so you 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 picked the Luke AM headset radio. Yes, <laughs> and. Uh, what I like about this is the write-up in the archive. Uh, it's by Duncan Jenkins, and uh, I often find that the weird, wacky stuff. He, he often, uh, he you know, it was his write-up on the bubble bath that came up. It's why we call our fans space freaks. Yeah, because um, C-3PO calls everybody a space freak in the back of his British bubble bath. Um, but he mentions that it was like the, the Holy Grail in the '90s. But now, just people don't seem to care about it anymore. So, Steve, let's get people to care more about the Luke Skywalker AM headset radio. Why, why should we care about it, Steve? Well, look at the box on this thing. I mean, you have you have Luke, but then you had the you had the classic one of the classic Kenner kids. I don't know if we did, is there like an official name for the kids on the original Star Wars boxes. I, I think can, we might have to come up with one. Kenner because, kids sounds pretty good. I mean, there's just something odd about them i, I don't know <laughs> or the kenner dweebs or i don't know what i don't know i don't but, know yeah. something like that so but, he's uh, got this crazy headset very 70s very 70s headset i mean the thing looks like you know it, it would get to about 300 degrees after using it for two seconds and burn through your ear uh, air, air traffic control headset <laughs> right so it's a headset radio right so i don't really know how this works maybe we can get someone to bring one to the party oh man i because I, it's the i the reason I picked this is, is I I listen to a decent amount of AM radio and I would love to rock one of these <laughs> on my way to work one day, and hopefully just get someone to turn their head and be like what the hell was that? Yeah, <laughs> because what's the microphone? The microphone doesn't do anything, I, right? I, I think it's just there for show. I mean, 
<laughs> well, I can see you walking around and talking back to the talk radio. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's just what you think, Dr. Laura. Uh, I think she sounds like a perfectly good mother. <laughs> yeah, it's it really is uh, an amazing piece of 70s merchandising. But it is great because it has that the Luke Gunner photo. Yeah. And uh, – that's there's something really evocative about that picture of of Luke and he's he's getting ready to to shoot and he's in that little in that little area um in the being the gunner and I to tell you the truth it is awesome and I think it it should be loved because that's just such a great scene and I could see myself sliding that thing on and just you know using my Atari uh, Atari oh, yeah. it was a video game system before you were born, Steve. Right, uh, right. Using my Atari joysticks and pretending <laughs> to be Luke, because um, I did that anyways, but I didn't. I didn't have the proper gear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, also on the archive. If you ever want to read a really great article, there's um, Ron Salvatore's uh, article about the recycled toys. Right, right. And, uh, what was this recycled from, Steve? It was from the Six Million Dollar Man CB headset radio receiver. And, and that was uh, only a year prior. so Which is beautiful, too, because there was yeah. a whole CB fad in the 70s, Steve. I don't know if you know about this. But there's a, a bunch bit, not, of not songs and, and movies all about having CBs. And everyone just <laughs> needed to have CBs and have a breaker name and all oh, yeah. that. Uh, so, uh, you know, Convoy, stuff like that. So <laughs> this must have been cashing in on that. Yeah. Um, but in 78, as he, as he mentions, the CB radio fan... Uh, a fad had worn out, and so they just replaced the circuitry and made it a radio. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's economics right there. <laughs> so instead of calling in uh, Maskatron Steve, as it says on the front of the, uh, <laughs> it says on the front of the CB radio. Uh, wait a minute, your name's <laughs> Steve. Does it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, oh, Steve. I, I, we should, make, we need to make a Maskatron Steve Dehenley. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, right? I I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, Jared. Maybe work on that. See if you can come up with a Maskatron Steve Danley. And we can make like a make like a cover uh of the of the box, you know, with me calling. <laughs> Get that before it gets to Maskatron Steve. Uh but anyways, we'll we'll include a a picture of the uh from the recycling the force. Um yeah, there it is. Breaker breaker. Stop Maskatron Steve. Uh, and you see I think Maskatron Steve Steve was a was a Steve, Steve Austin. Oh uh, right. Who right. actually was like robot, kind of like right. like Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> Something it, along those lines. Yeah. In, his in his article you can tell how much they just completely ripped it off. Um, <laughs> but it's a bummer though, because if the C B still was a hit, then that would have been an awesome toy. True, true. Because you could have you know, it worked as a CB headset. So you could actually have gone out in a car with your parents <laughs> with the two Atari joysticks and just sat there and just anytime you saw a truck go by, just be like, I got one, you know, <laughs> it'd be like, great, great shot, kid. Don't get cocky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been awesome, Steve. Uh, see, this is why we need a time machine. We do need to forget bringing home toys. I want to go and talk to Kenner and be like, "Listen, guys, Make I know you this. think the CB's done, <laughs> but if you could pretend to be Luke Skywalker and bug truckers at the same time, <laughs> there's oh, there would be nothing better." Yeah, that's great. It makes me miss Mike Mike Foster, the 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 
the the truck and Star Wars collector. Yeah. But uh yeah, he's an actual trucker and he he collects Star Wars. So uh yeah, well, maybe we could make a custom CB. Ooh, that'd be good. <laughs> oh, that would be good. Yeah. So that that that's a, a great unloved item, Steve. And wow. uh I, I I like it on on many ways. The more 70s the better and the fact that it was not not quite 70s enough because the fad had passed just makes right. it perfect. Yeah. So Awesome. Uh, Steve, do you want to do the interview or the market watch first? Uh, let's let's hear the interview. All right, yeah, let's do the interview. So we're uh, we're continuing on the theme of from uh, about four months ago, uh, where we talked about store displays, and I got the other side of uh, of the story about the about the great find, and I just discovered this little write up randomly on the archive about an auction that happened in 1993. And let's hear from one of the participants, Todd Here's Chamberlain. Ticolo Carbon Story Time. Hit it, hit it. Toronto Gosh. All right, and today uh, on our Story Time feature, uh, we're talking to Todd Chamberlain. How's it going, Todd? Uh, it's going great. Great. You know, we we had Will on here before uh, talking about the the crazy C5 uh, early bird head uh, display, and uh, we we missed the other half of that. So we we're happy to have you on. Yeah, so that was definitely um, one of the more uh, amazing collecting stories. A piece that, um, well, I mean, just the, the collection overall was one that I mean, I've seen a couple other original owner collections that um, were people assembled quite a few pieces but this was um, definitely one of the one of the better ones I've seen of that and then to have that that particular piece in there was um, really exciting piece that um, really fills in I mean I'm getting down to where there are only a handful or probably maybe only four different Kenner store displays that I know of that I do not have and actually Amazingly, actually, the month after we got back from that, I got the last Kenner store display, that uh, Kenner action figure related store display. I needed. Wow. Somebody uh, sent me a link to the to a, someone had the Anakin offer uh, shelf talker display. It was huh. actually action figure related display left that I needed. Now is that so is that, that, is that cool. well known as far as a, a display goes? It's, so it's a it's a shelf talker. So it's something that would be on a shelf where they'd sell toys, and it yep. said you know, get a free Anakin with this many purchases, that kind of thing? Exactly. I mean, it looks just like, you know, the, or, you know, similar style as the um, sweepstake, the Empire and Jedi sweepstakes shelf talkers and the um, poster offer shelf talker. You know, it's got a graphic on there. It shows, it has the artwork, the card artwork from the, from the Anakin card um, as part of the graphics for it. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, all the other shelf talkers are, you know, fair, uh, of that style with the entry forms are relatively easy to find. But right. for whatever reason, that one um, is pretty tough. I mean, you know, Anakin, Anakin offer, you know, and, and shelf talkers like that were shipped in the cases with action figures. Huh. And there are lots of Anakin offer figures out there. So right. you know, why, why that display has been so hard. I mean, I know of, well, maybe three or four in collections um, 
out there, and no one was willing to let one go. But I hadn't seen I hadn't seen one publicly available for sale since John Kellerman's collection sold. You know, five wow. or six years ago. Yeah, that was, that was a while ago. Wow, well, yeah. well that's awesome. That uh, The idea of all that patience and then getting two of these things within a month, that's uh, that's, that's pretty great. But yeah. uh, what, what I actually was hoping to talk to you about today was, you know, I was I, after talking to Will and sort of, I realized, you know, on the podcast, we don't talk that much about store displays and it's obviously a really important uh, area. So as often I do, my research for the show just entails goofing around on the archive and uh, I found this this really cool write up on something I'd never heard of, and uh, it's the if you want to look it up on on the archive, we'll include a link. But it's called the Las Vegas Store Display Auction, and uh, Ron has a beautiful write up of it. But then I saw that the pictures were taken by you, so I said, well, let's just call up Todd and and ask him what does he know about this. And so, can you sort of break down the whole thing for our listeners? What what was the, and when was the Las Vegas Store Display Auction? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, in talking about uh, uh, the sort of um, the, the early bird pole sign and sort of a kind of the bookend of of a co- store display collection that really dates back to that auction uh, huh. in many ways. I mean, I had, I mean, my interest in store displays started when I mean, I picked up a few non. I don't remember actually ever seeing any Kenner-related action figure displays in stores myself. Uh, huh. I used to shop a lot at. Mostly at uh, Fred Meyer was the grocery store chain that we went to growing up, and that's where I got a lot of my figures. I don't remember ever seeing uh, any Kenner figure displays, but I, you know, picked up a few, you know, cookie displays, toothbrush displays, and other things like that from the Return of the Jedi era. Uh-huh. And so I also kind of thought they were, you know, funky and neat, but uh, you know, hadn't actively pursued them uh, as a category. And um, you know, like most people, my main collecting interest. In uh, started off being the, the carded action figures. Okay. And so back in um, probably March of 1993, I was in college, and I, you know, at that time mostly went to a couple um, Portland and Seattle area toy shows with how I bought bought things, and I had um, I would pick up a toy shop magazine every once in a while and. Uh-huh. I had bought some things from at a toy show from a, a company called um, just Collectible Toys, uh, run <laughs> by these uh, two uh, two women, Ann and Judy. I don't know if you ever uh, ran into them in shows when you were in Southern California. No, it, it's a wonderfully uh, general name, though. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like what you fill out uh, on a customs form when you don't want them to know too much, you know, like Collectible Toys or Collectible yeah. Paper Goods. Or <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody just knew them. I mean, it was they were Ann and Judy. I mean, everybody right. uh, from the California scene knew them, and they came and said they had come up and and done a couple shows in Portland, and and I really hadn't bought that much from them, but I, you know, had had given them my contact information. And you, you know what, Phidias I mean, talked I'm sure about them a, a couple, maybe a year and a half ago. Phidias was mentioning them, talking about uh, he had to fill out his twelve back run, and he was saying how he got a couple figures from Ann and Judy at a show. So that's uh, yeah, that's they funny. were definitely. Uh, major uh, show dealers and did some mail order stuff and and I think that they have mo- I mean I remember buying some stuff things from them off eBay a couple of years ago and they said they were kind of I think getting ready to retire and um, get out of get out of things but uh huh. so they called me up and they said you know hey you know we're helping these people you know they're going to be running this auction down in Las Vegas and you know we're just calling people who think they might be 
you know, might be interested in, in Star Wars toys. And, and this uh, this guy, his family owned a, a small toy store uh, back in the 70s and 80s, and they set about a lot of things. And you know, you know, would you be interested in seeing a list of what they've what what they're going to have? And so I said, oh yeah, you know, sure, send me. You know, send me the list. And I get, they send me this. And I'll tell you, of all the things that I threw out at the end of this, was right before I graduated from college, and I wish I still had this to, today. But, I mean, this big stack of papers, I mean, it listed the, what was supposedly the inventory. Huh. I mean, it was like 100 each of every 12-back figure. And, wow. you know, you know, just just quantity on, on Star Wars and, and Empire-era action figures and a lot of box toys. And it was store displays, you know, down there, which I thought were, were interesting. But to me at the time, I mean, I didn't even have, I mean, I might have had, you know, three or four 12-backs. And that was right. the thing that I was going for was 12-backs. And at the time I got it, I thought, there's just no way I can really afford to, to go down there. And it was the weekend before my college graduation was the show. <laughs> and I just thought, no, oh, you know, that's a pipe dream. But I just kind of like poured over this list, you know, <laughs> how wow. many times. And I was you know, thinking... You know, because in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, back, figure at this time, a 12-back, you know, at the high end might have been um, 60 or $75 for <laughs> Leia or, or Han. Wow. And, you know, a lot of them were 35 or 40 And even at that, I mean, that was big money for me at the time. And, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, I, you know, I thought, but boy, if there's that many, you know, 100 of each, I mean, these might actually go for cheap. Like, you know, so I would just love to go to this. Well, then as it happened, I went to a, I was selling stuff at a toy show about a month before then, and I did just incredible, sold a huge amount of what I had brought, and had enough money, I thought, you know what, I can afford to actually go down to this show, and, you know, I can actually buy some things, and so I just went down by, I mean, I didn't know anybody, you know, and that, you know, to me, that's part of why this is a significant um, event for my collecting was at the time I uh, I didn't know any other collectors I really it was something I did kind of in an isolate I mean I knew people that were interested in Star Wars and I would see some people at shows but you know and people would buy things from me at shows but I didn't have anybody that was like a friend that I hung out with right in that way I called to talk about collecting things and so um, you know I decided you know what the heck I'm <laughs> <laughs> Who cares if it's the week before graduation? Exactly. I mean, you, you were graduating uh, anyway, so what the hell? Yeah, right? <laughs> well, but I mean, I still had finals that next week. <laughs> yeah, that's week, true. I, um, I thought, you know, I went ahead and I signed up to, to have a table to sell things there and flew down. And I'll tell you, I am not the kind of person. I mean, it's amazing to me. Every time I look at those photos from that, that auction, I think, I just can't believe I brought my camera because I didn't used to hardly ever bring a camera to anything. Right. Um, and I just happened to, for whatever reason, pack a camera and I went through and on the auction preview night and I snapped, snapped those photos and I was just like, wow, you know, these displays are just really, really cool. And, yeah. They're, they're great uh, photos. We're going to put them up on our show notes and we'll have them kind of integrated. We're going to start an enhanced podcast. So you actually be able right, to cool. see them on your smartphones. But yeah, I mean, these are, these pictures. One of my favorite things is uh, is Ron's tagline. He says, "I swear this is what I dream about at night." <laughs> and uh, I, I think you know a lot of us, at least especially when you start collecting, you have those 
you know, collector dreams where, you, you know, you can go in and you, you can still buy vintage on the shelves or whatever. And this just really is just insane. <laughs> the amount of things there are just everywhere. Uh. Well, that they, you know, I really wish I could have found out more information about it. Some, some of the people that bought things from that auction, um, I want to say that maybe the name of the store was Toy Tree. Huh. Um, but I didn't. I didn't get anything. Um, and really, of the store displays, uh, I mean, I bid on a few lots, but I just didn't. You know, I, I was there for the twelve backs, right? And that was what I kind of set my set my money aside for. And you know, just the way things. But I mean, really, there were a couple. I would say the bulk of those displays went to two different collectors. Um, Steve Sansweet um, and Jason Joyner ended up buying the bulk of those, and and some of the stuff that Jason bought, um, he was splitting up with uh, with another collector um, over in Europe. But hmm. um, I would guess that of all those lots that you know, because I was sitting, I ended up, like I said, I mean, this this to me was the first time I ever went and hung out with other collectors, and I ended right. up, I was just in the, I ended up kind of sitting down in an area where it was near where. Sansweet, and uh, there was a dealer named Lance Worth that you may have uh, heard of, and yeah. um, a couple other people that a lot were. We were all sitting pretty close to it. Jason Joyner was right there, and you know I kind of was following who was winning things, and um, the displays pretty much all went to, to for the most part went to, to Steve and Jason, um, who, who, who at the time were credited as having the two biggest collections in the world, right? I mean, that was... Right, even right, back then, yeah. weren't they kind of known as the... I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. they were definitely kind of known. You know, they knew each other and they were known as being, you know, um, the leading folks. I mean, the you know, Concept the Screen Collectibles book had, had just come out the year before and so, right. um, <clears throat> you know, Steve had already been pretty well known in the community, but that had really given him a lot of prominence and um, so... You know, but even at the time, I remember thinking, you know, these are going for a lot, but boy, I just, I never, never see things like this right. you know, for sale at shows. And um, I thought, you know, these aren't, these prices aren't too bad. I mean, I, you know, I want to say that some of the, you know, like Empire, you know, Bell display, you know, might have ended up going, you know, in a lot for, say, $250, and it included the shipping box um, huh. and, the, and the wire hanging uh, materials and, that thing, I mean, a lot of those things had the, you know, they they were on the box with the original hardware and, right. uh, you know, some of those other things have shown up when the, in the, you know, when the morgue stuff got cleared up. I mean, there were multiples of, of certain of those displays, uh, but they're really, I've never seen another, outside of the Kenner morgue, I've never seen so many early Kenner pieces in the shipper still, and even with the morgue, it tended to be a lot of the same pieces, whereas, you know, this had a real breadth of, I mean, you had the plush displays, the, you know, electronic game displays, and things that, you know, just one still doesn't really see all that often, so. Right, wow. Uh, well, that's, but, you know, that was... I, I oh, assumed that you bought everything there. I didn't know that you were just sort of, that you, you weren't even necessarily collecting those at the time. That's fine. Dude, do you ever yeah, just I'm, imagine going back in time and sort of kicking yourself and saying, forget the 12 backs? Or... Yeah. Well, I mean, it's well, but I just, the fact is, I mean, I might have been able to, you said, knowing, 
there was another um, there was another couple that that bought a couple displays, and I, I know they ended up selling them a few years later. You know, maybe I would have been able to compete for those a little bit more, but for the most part, I mean, the stuff that Steve and Jason wanted, I mean, they, you know, there was no way that anybody they were going to let anybody. Right, they were them. getting it. Yeah. <laughs> There was just no way out. I mean, you know, there was some, you know, a box of Kenner catalogs. Every time I look at there's a box, that box of Kenner catalogs, and there's one of the Kenner catalogs that has a, like an all Kenner logo cover. I'm like, I have no idea what that piece is. I still have never seen <laughs> another one of those. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I see, yeah. I see that, that photo. Huh. But that's where I'm, like, I met John Kellerman at this auction. This is, this was very early in John Kellerman's uh, collecting. Right. And, so he actually picked up most of the carded pieces. Oh, well, that's the other side of it. So I went there to buy carded figures, you know, with this idea in mind that there were going to be, you know, hundreds, you know, a hundred Han, Han Solos, a hundred <laughs> Jawas. Well, I went and it was basically one of each. And I oh. think that actually what it ended up being is that maybe the, the things that they had sent me were really like old inventory sheets from the store. Really? When they were still selling. You know, so, you know, I really, you know, I said... I moved, I left college, you know, I graduated from college a week later and, you know, I saved so much, I mean, just in general, saved so much paperwork and I pitched this sheet and, you know, I just, yeah. I, I, I've run into a couple other people that went to that auction and nobody, most of them actually didn't even remember having gotten anything like that because it, it, it got sent to me well before the auction. Right. Uh, even happened and i just said from but for me for months i, mean, I poured <laughs> over this thing you know just you know fantasizing about oh my goodness this is my big hundreds shot. of 12 you know uh, like thinking that they'll be thinking they'll be dirt cheap and right uh well, that, that's so great because you don't so much you know wish that you could go back and buy everything you wish you could go back and not throw away the piece of paper that would have told you what you could have bought <laughs> well i mean i would you know so well I said, there's just no way that at the time that because right. it was cash auction no right. credit card right yeah. no check it was cash um yeah you got to be pretty serious at a cash auction that's a... yeah so wow um, in fact, i even had to because i so i ended up buying the a 12 back lot and then um i actually i came around i bought i bought one of the lot of box things or something like that and i actually had to borrow some money from Anna and judy um to hmm. do that and um but no, I mean, so, but to me, you know, seeing all that stuff, I mean, I just love the graph. I mean, I always have just loved the graphics on the early displays, the early Kenner items the most. And so um, that was really the point in my collection where, collecting where I thought, you know, I really want to focus on trying to find this stuff. And so. Um, so, so then let's, started... let's weave a little bit of narrative in there then, Todd. So if you, a week before you graduate college, you go down and you fall in love with store displays. And then, like what, tw almost twenty years later, you then wind up, uh, like sort of completing. You're not com quite com almost completing your store display collection, finding this thing you never thought you'd find. And then one month later, what happens in your life? I graduated <laughs> with my PhD. Exactly, you got your doctorate. Yeah. I mean, talk yeah. about circular, man. That's beautiful. Because <laughs> you know, we we've been talking, you know, because I got my doctorate last year. And I remember Todd, you were working on it, and it's an amazing. Congratulations, first of all. Uh, yeah. Thanks. And I mean, I've already you know said congratulations a few times, but here on the on the podcast. But have you thought about that yet? The sort of the fact that 
each time right before you get a new degree, you, you know, you get something important <laughs> in your, uh, you know, maybe you should I go for. I hadn't actually thought about it that way. Yeah, maybe you should get like your, I don't know, like a law degree or something, and you'll get those other four pieces. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really at, at the time. It was more a matter of uh, my wife asking me. You know, you're trying to finish your dissertation, <laughs> and you're going to go run off to Pittsburgh to uh, look look for pieces of cardboard. I mean, she's, Jamie is very supportive of my collecting, uh, but you know, the, the, it it had been a long. It's been a long. It was a long journey to that finishing up that that dissertation, and yeah. just but the timing was just like um, you know, like I we've been. I mean, she knew. I mean, I she had been very interested in in my following up on this lead over time and she knew that we will and I have been trying for a year to get uh, get this guy to meet with us and yeah so, but the, the, the timing it's always the worst it's always the, the timing that tests the limits I find That's yeah. always the, really right now right after we just had to put an addition on the house oh well it just came up I mean I don't really know I mean what what can we do I don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome but I'd also uh you know, I like to say, I, if, I don't know if you want to uh, plug your site or anything, because uh, we, we we like supporting uh, the Toy Chamber. That's uh, one of our favorite favorite dealers. So, yeah, it's toychamber.com still. Dot com. Yeah, we are. Uh, I have not actually have not been doing a lot of updates directly to the site. Most of our stuff um, we've just been putting directly on eBay under our uh, Pop Toys okay. account. But I actually am trying to finally. Uh, Move a lot of that inventory back off of eBay uh, directly onto the website and try to get get more use out of out of that. It gives us a lot more flexibility to. And, and when you go to Celebration deals. Six, that's the yep. the first booth you got to go to because if there's anything you want that you're thinking, you know, we do a lot of these sort of unloved items, Todd, where we talk about weird things that people maybe, you know, like a little bit off the beaten path, not just the figures. And whenever I do one of those, I always think I bet Todd has one of those for sale at some point. So. <laughs> It's it's always worth checking out. So. Well, I want to start adding more of that oddball stuff up onto the the archive too. I mean, a lot of non-figure uh, pieces that I think are pretty pretty fun and and uh, you don't see too often. Yeah, so. and, and hey, when when you do, you know, just send us an email. We'll 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 talk about it and you know get it, get at least that audio and maybe send people that way because. You know, that's part of the reason we have this this show is just because there's so much stuff in the archive and there's just sometimes you get swamped you don't know which way to go so we're trying to kind of help people say hey look at look at this cool article about this thing that happened in 1993 so yeah yeah a great job awesome well thanks and uh we'll i'm, I'm sure we'll we'll talk again uh, either at celebration or before celebration but thanks for uh, taking us uh down 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 uh memory lane Cool, Steve. So that was that was nice of Todd to uh, to speak to us a little bit about that. I can assure you, it was a good interview. Yes, I, I believe you. <laughs> and we should we should have him back sometime. But uh, let, let's go in and, and find out what's been happening in the world of uh, of the market, Steve. Sounds good. One dollar flicks. Market watch. All right, Steve, who watches The Watchmen? That's my question for you. Uh, because uh, our, our good friend uh, Michael from Brisbane, Brisbane, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I now call it. It's called both. Just cover my bets. Okay. Uh, followed up our advice of coming up with a market watch of market watches. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he sent us a great email that uh, included a little uh, spreadsheet of, of, at least for the last uh, few episodes, of all the Cantina aliens, and it, it's great. Yeah, it's so a great asset. <laughs> it's a great asset, and we're going to put up a link to that, so thank you for that. We're not going to go over the data because then it, it really would be a, a, a snake eating its tail. Uh, <laughs> what's the word for that? There's some fancy word for that. I'm sure there is. Uh, right. Well, someone will tell us. Yes. Put, put, it, put it in the show notes. Um, it's not that weird doctor thing. No, that's like a, a snake – the two snakes and the doctor. What's that thing called? Are you talking about the like? Okay. <laughs> Man, those two words I don't know now. Oh no! All right, let's get into right. the market watch, Steve. Yes, yes, let's. <laughs> That's more important. Although I yeah. will be thinking about this for the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> so, so tell us about the the market watch, Steve. Once again, we had some help from uh, the frat boy. Yep, from Pete and from Michael. So we have we got a, a huge selection here of good stuff. Um, I'll start with what I want to call Walrus Mania because I guess I just saw an ad for WrestleMania like earlier tonight. <laughs> like, all right, it is Walrus Mania tonight. He's got a good co- uh, collection of carded stuff here. We'll start with the Star Wars cards. So first up, we got a twenty back with the Boba Fett offer, which sold for one hundred and twenty-seven fifty, which is you know not bad. Um, and the figure itself isn't in too bad a shape. Looks like there's a, a crease up towards the top, and the punch is gone, but. Otherwise, that's a lot nicer than the Walrus Man I had. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's not too bad. Right, seven uh, bucks for a you know Star Wars figure can't beat it. Yeah, and so uh, next up we got the offer list, which is I think you know I think we were talking about this with those Boba Fett offers. These are the the ones you can actually see the character on there. It's a twenty-one back that sold for four hundred and three, and this one's also in, in pretty good shape, um, ungraded. So it's just over four hundred bucks. Um, let's see. Yeah, and then the but the Fed offer really really messes up the Coyonis face. Part, you know, <laughs> maybe, like it, maybe maybe with that there is there is reason for censorship. Yeah, I don't know. it looks like censorship. Like oh yeah. no oh ooh, no, gotta, <laughs> gotta cover that up. <laughs> Go for it, Boba. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so then we got another twenty one back. This one's AFA eighty five, um, and this one sold for 540 so there's a, wow. a decent jump up there not not as crazy as some of the other ones we've seen but right. and it's a gorgeous figure so so what's the total jump up from afa to non uh for the same let's see it's a 21 back uh a and that went from 403 to 540 yeah not too bad that's not too bad no um and then so we got some empire cards too which is good we oh, have cool. Uh, let's see, we have, now this one's kind of an odd auction because the picture was fuzzy, um, but it's a walrus man on an Empire card with the Forlom offer, hmm. and it seems to have been packed with a Jawa gun, and I don't know, it's, I, I thought I'd include it just because it's interesting, kind of weird, but it's hard to really tell what's going on here. Yeah, um, I have a hard time with the packed with another gun. Yeah, like... yeah. I always think that, and I go, "Ooh, what?" Uh, well, I don't care. Wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, this one, it sold nonetheless for seventy-six dollars with three bids. So, um, who knows? Who knows what the real story is there? But um, there it is. Um, then we got a regular version of the figure, which is unpunched, looks just gorgeous. Um, 
and this they they kind of got the offer right they <laughs> they didn't censor his face with with the forlorn offer <laughs> right at least on this one it's kind of um, off to the side, right? Yeah, off to the side. And uh, this one sold for uh, $96. So uh, still, I mean, for a really nice clear bubble Empire figure, um, I mean, even though it's not the right movie and all that, I think for Walrus Man collectors, that, that's a that's a nice spy. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got. And we got a couple of Jedi figures. Uh, the next one we have is a 79 back, unpunched. Uh, it's got a little bit of a yellow bubble. And that one sold for uh, $61. So, also, I mean, not not too bad of a, a deal, really, I guess. Yeah, no. <clears throat> and let's see. The last Jedi figure is actually a little bit nicer than the other one. And that one sold for just about 70 So, uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out. It doesn't say what back it is. That's right. There's only a picture of the front. But uh, regardless, for a Jedi figure of, for Walrus Man that's got a decently clear bubble, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. All right. So here we go. This is a fun one. We have a couple of proof cards that sold. Really? Yeah. Uh, the first one I'm kind of bringing in Pete's stuff here because it's Walrus Man. But uh, Pete brought us a revenge proof that was AFA '85 that sold for three hundred and twenty-five dollars. Wow, and seems pretty um, high for a revenge proof. Yeah, for a revenge proof. Character, huh? Yeah, I think it's a little bit high for a revenge proof, but um. Nonetheless, there it was. It sold. Um, And what I think is cool is we have an uncut, or at least it looks like it was cut from a larger sheet, uh, Jedi proof for Wallace Man that's offerless. It's the, uh, let's see, what back was it? It was the, uh, I think it's the 65 back, 65A. And this one sold for 267. So, uh, are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Um, I would have bought that if I saw that. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uncut proof, uh, or at least not die cut like your you know common proof card. Right. Um, that one sold for two sixty seven. So I mean, I for Jedi cards too. I mean, they're they're not like revenge cards. There's not not no, near as many of them. They're much so, more rare. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was a good find by Michael. Um, yeah, that's, boy, that really. <clears throat> isn't that crazy? Two hundred and fifty. Uh, two sixty seven. Yeah. Two sixty seven. And the the graded revenge went for three twenty five. So, that doesn't bother me. That that's that is so cheap. That's great. Good job yeah. to whoever got that. Hey, if you got that, why don't you send us an email? Because I'm curious to know. Props. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and you can tell me it's not for sale, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> See, it all comes in, Steve. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, all right. So we got a couple loose things. We have an AFA 85 that's bagged but graded. That uh, sold for a hundred. And let's see. <laughs> uh, now this last one—that's interesting. We got now. This is this is one area I am just completely out of the loop on. Is the uh, the loose foreign variants like the Meccano PVP right tri logo and all that? This one right here—it's a PVP Meccano Walrus Man. Uh, and I guess the the face is light green, um, and that one sold for eight eighty-two dollars and fifty-one cents. For a loose Walrus Man, um, so I'm wow, yeah, I I I, I haven't followed the uh, the loose uh, foreign, I guess, produced stuff like this, but right. uh, yeah, there you go, eighty two fifty one. Oh yeah, I guess there's it's like considered to be a variation if he's got a pink tusk or a white tusk. I think yes, I saw that in another auction too, but uh, I could have sworn one of the earlier carded figures we were just looking at had. 
the kind of pink looking tusk, but I don't know. Right. Um, but yeah, the next thing we had was the, uh, just a regular loose 85 pink tusks walrus man that sold for 42. So maybe there is something to that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like plastic degradation to me, but, <laughs> um, and I, I like this is we're still getting walrus man, but we're getting some other fun stuff too. Um, <laughs> We we have a loose cantina, uh, creature cantina playset that comes with Walrus Man, the poor guy who gets his arm chopped off, right? Of course. Bar. Um, and that one sold for 33 bucks. So you get a nice condition loose playset plus a key character or a key character. Wait, is he the only one they included? Yeah, he's the only one in there. <laughs> that's but, great. But, hey, you know, it's maybe that's oh. – I don't know. There could be some philosophical thing you could come to with him just kind of walking around the bar by himself. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, He's the ghost. He, he has unfinished that business. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that, that's actually a gift I got for Lobart once. Uh, I got him a, a Creature Cantina set and all the nice. aliens that went with it because I know oh. that was like his favorite scene. Awesome. A couple, couple more Walrus Man things to round out. Segment number one. So okay. we have uh, another another beach-going Cantina alien. This is from the same seller as, as the previous Hammerhead. And, oh, and, good. Six bucks seems to be the going beach rate. So uh. there you go. <laughs> well, you know, I I don't get a I don't get a human trafficking vibe from uh, from Walrus. From Walrus Man, I don't know. And maybe maybe you never know. Maybe that seller heard us and was like, "Oh man, I could I could be offending people by posing my figures out in the chaparral like this." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beach, beach is less less uh, worrisome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is one thing we never I never think about putting on is just loose card backs. And there's a huge you know, collecting community for just collecting card backs. Yeah. Um, and so this one we have, it's a 41 back. So it's a survival kit offer Walrus Man card back that sold for six bucks. So, um, I mean, I, it's one thing I've always kind of toyed with is trying to get all the uh, characters on their, at least their original movie card. And I just never, I've been too lazy to do it. <laughs> you know what, but, Steve, uh, let's, let's put this out there. Uh, if you're a card back collector, you know, you have a serious card back collection, Send us an email. We'd, we'd like to interview you because I, I yeah. think it's, it's a really cool – I kind of dabble in it here and there. Um, OK. Particularly because I love showing my collection to people and I don't like them touching it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I have a whole bunch of Chewbacca card backs that I keep near the museum. I'm just Those like – little little reference guides. Yeah, but so, so check this out. This is how this works and I let them touch it and flap it around and do whatever. And That's cool. Yeah, so – yeah, let's let's talk more about card back, Steve. Yeah, I think it's a good niche yeah. to to get into next time. Um, okay, and then last we have uh, a mortarhead from from Mark, uh, yes. Mister Walrus Man, the man who and, owns the Walrus Mansion. Yes. But <laughs> um, you know, I was talking to Mark. I guess uh, he's he's kind of let a lot of his Walrus Man focus go. Um, oh. He's focusing more on models, but I still I still associate him with Walrus Man, and I always will. Yeah, uh, especially because of the group picture we had picture we had in his uh, collection room with the uh, <laughs> the uh, prop Walrus Man wearing our our California shirt. Oh right, <laughs> we had an extra member that day, so it was it was always good to get a, a little bit more of a head count. Right, uh, but yeah, this is a great example of Mark's work, and it's for a character he obviously loves. Um, and uh, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if that if this is and that must be his his eBay stuff. I've never looked him up on eBay before, but it's uh it's listed at a hundred dollars. And I think Sky, when you bought yours from him, was it it was about that that range? I don't remember. You don't remember? Okay. Um, 
but, but you, know, you know, we he was also our first and only he official was, advertiser. So yes, I think he deserves. I think, we might, have, deserves. I think we might have gotten a little bit of a discount, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're great pieces. Yeah, they're they're definitely good. Cool. All right, so we're gonna. There's more Market Watch. Steve? This there is, is crazy. More. Having all this correspondence, we're like, uh, it's like turning into a real show here, Steve. I know. I know. It's, it's it's great. It's going so great. I actually have to we'll take a little break. I'm gonna run upstairs and grab my uh, grab my power cord and come back for the second one. That's good. So uh, I want to call this Pete's Report Part 2. Um, so the first thing, the one thing I really like that Pete does is he uh, he sends us the items, um, tells us why, and he also he has a little rarity scale and demand scale and price scale uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, which it's just it's just great added info. And uh, I think, you know, maybe when we're getting this stuff online, I can either uh, upload it separately or, or whatnot. But uh, if listeners are interested, it's, it's great additional information. Right. Um, but uh, the first thing we have here from Pete is a Star Wars three pack, uh, the Android set, which oh. is is the one that really hurts you. I know. The one that I want. <laughs> um, and uh, the one that uh, we have here sold for thirty two fifty. But not and, that uh, much. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, And um, <clears throat> so obviously it's it's a uh, it's a rare piece and a high demand piece. Um, so yeah, I mean I. We've talked about this before. They're they're just such cool items, but yeah, the price it definitely gets in the way um, in in some instances. And this is this is one of those for me. Right. So but, so uh, the scale that he he submits yeah. is just his sort of personal scale. Yeah, I think it's just his his personal scale. And um, yeah, I mean, neat. it's so, neat. So he calls that rarity eight, demand nine, price nine. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. And um, let's see. Up next, we got I another. See, that's tough pack. because yeah, what makes that an eight? <laughs> like like where's the jawa yeah file cape jawa on that scale ah yeah see that, that's true the production items and isn't even okay uh no i like well, the idea i just i wonder how much time we could waste trying to come up with what the numbers are future we'll, we'll episode see. steve yes um okay so next we got another three pack it's the imperial set the first version um it's you know uh, one of the more sought after three packs, um, and uh, let's see. Oh, I think we got a typo there. Okay, so this one sold for twenty six fifty, and uh, he has this, all three scales: rarity, demand, and price on eight. So um, there you have that. It's a nice, another nice piece, um, and it's one that actually makes sense. Is yep. all three of those are villains? <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas Chewbacca, as we we have talked about, is is he an android or is he you know, not technically? Not Unless tec- it's Maskatron Chewbacca, right? 
That's that's um, always a possibility. You never know. <laughs> and after all, Chewbacca was initially molded partly after the uh, Kenner uh, $6 million man Bigfoot. So there is a Maskatron Bigfoot, I think, Steve. One second. Ooh. Quick Google, Google lookup. Is there a Maskatron Bigfoot? <laughs> is there a Maskatron Bigfoot? Come on. No. There's Bigfoot versus Maskatron. Ah. Darn it. Close. Close. Um, okay, here's 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 another good one. We have uh, an Empire Strikes Back special offer twin pod cloud car in the box. Now, uh, these special offer items are, are really neat, um, and they're also really rare. So they all have a little sticker on them. I, let's see, for this one, what's the offer? It's, uh, here we go. <laughs> you get uh, a complete with Empire Strikes Back Bespin Guard action figure. So it came with a figure, <laughs> this particular version. Not, which, the, not the pilot. <laughs> no, the pilot doesn't exist yet. And and they also are landing in what appears to be either uh, cinnamon and brown sugar or <laughs> snow. I'm not. I always wondered what that was. <laughs> yeah. Is, well, that a, is, it, is that a cloud? It's supposed to be a cloud, cloud, Steve. I mean. But I mean, does that? Ugh, I don't know. You know, I've never really realized that, Steve. That there's no <laughs> cloud car pilot in the cloud car design. Yeah, not. I don't think they ever did a later box with him in there. It's so. all just the Asian security guard. The Asian call security back, guard. Steve. Call Go back to back. our what third episode. I think that was episode three, yeah. <laughs> Along with determining that uh, that Hammerhead's thing is called a uh, a man suit, we determined that the white Bespin security guard is in fact the Asian Bespin security guard. Refer to episode three. Yes, refer to episode three, our faithful <laughs> space freaks. Because <laughs> one uh, thing we're going to prove in this episode, Steve, is our memories are great. Um, <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess you remember Wayne's World. Uh, yeah, no, that, it, that really is a nice, uh, a really cool special offer. So, what does that and go for, Steve? That one went for four hundred and fifty-five. Huh. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see an ungraded piece that's just rare uh, get up to a price like that. Right. And um, so, yeah, just for uh, posterity's sake, on the scale, we got a rarity of nine, demand of seven, and a price of seven. So, yeah. It's uh, I mean, I think it's just. I it's think I note. agree with the ratio of rarity to demand to price. Uh huh. But where I get in trouble, what what troubles me is like how you define what's the upper level of rarity. Right. You know. Right. Like yeah, is one of a kind ten? Mm-hmm. You know, is it less than five, nine, or yeah? Yeah, that's that's something we can flesh out. Yep, something we'll flesh uh, out. Let's see. Just got a couple more here. Uh, we have uh. Return of the Jedi uh, carded Boba Fett with the original uh, space scene picture. It was AFA 80. Um, And it's, uh, as Pete mentioned, it's not one of the rarest, but uh, it's a high demand figure. Right. And it has a clear bubble. Um, So this one sold for 500, um, which I guess is about about average for these. Um, But yeah, it's... I always thought that the second photo was cool when they when they matched it to the to the film, and I always kind of wished that they did a, an Empire version of them just just for fun. But right, um, it's uh, it's true. You always you always think of that image of Boba Fett when it comes to the card backs for for vintage Star Wars. Right. But, <clears throat> yeah. No. It's the, the space scenes. It's pretty cool. But again, wow, you could get two one of a kind Walrus Man proofs <laughs> for that. But. <laughs> Uh, yep, that's just it's the way of of the world. Um, and the last two are, are I really love these. These are those Canadian Empire to Jedi transition cards. Oh man! Uh, 
Okay, and so I, let, let's explain to the, the newbies what the... Go, no, go ahead. we don't say newbies, Steve. God. No. no. What no, should no. we call them? Early birds? No. 12-backs? No. What, what mm. should we call them? That, Se- that's... Seawees? Email us. <laughs> we yeah, have email some us. ideas. What should we call new collectors of Star Wars? Because I don't like newbies. It's lame. No, I don't, I don't like that either. Uh, uh, but anyways, if you don't know what the transition uh, cards are, so in Canada... And I'm sure Scott Bradley's going to email us and tell us something we didn't know. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't wait. I <laughs> can't wait. Uh, but uh, uh, so in between Empire and Jedi, they had overstock. And so they just put little stickers for Return of the Jedi on Empire cards. And they're really, 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 really rare and really awesome. And I guess a couple sold on eBay, Steve. Which ones? Yeah. So the first one we had was an IG-88. And it was this was a graded AFA eighty, um, and this one sold for five twenty seven. And then the second one, for comparison, was an ungraded Snowtrooper. Um, and that one, let's see, that one, last thing here, that one was for five ten. So um, that's pretty low. I don't know. Yeah. See, I, I do. You, do you have one of these I of d- any character? I do. I I have a Chewbacca. Um, oh, cool. Okay. I got there's there's a guy who who put together a crazy run and uh I called him up like the Francis I was. I I, I PM'd him <laughs> and uh, it was for sale, Pee Wee. Um, hey, there you go. Uh not exactly the 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 best price I, I could have hoped for, but with the you know, something like that, you just kinda gotta say, Well, am I ever gonna see one again? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Uh, I mean it's got like a busted bubble and anyways. Uh, that's but, cool that you still were able to pick one up. That's Oh, that's I, I cool. love it. It's 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 one of my prized things. It's cool because it's like a double offer, so it's also the Canadian forty-seven Forlom offer. Ah, there you and go. And it's topped, you know, with this different offer on top of it. So yeah, that's cool. It's it's a really sweet card. I should put that on the website, but I haven't uh, yeah. updated it in uh, in in forever. Oh, speaking yeah. of new, Steve, we didn't even mention the new Chewbacca site, did we? No, no, we did not. <sighs> well, let's do that now, Steve. Okay. All right. So, uh, so Bradley Portnoy, who we who we interviewed uh, for the Chewbacca segment, right, right. Um, he's he's got a, a new Chewbacca blog, new Chewblogger, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 really cool because it's he's featuring his collection and he's got a great collection of a bunch of random stuff and uh, he has a lot of great micro prototypes and he even has a, a cool Y wing collection. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw that. That's you know what? What is he's got a great name for the site. What was it again? Oh uh, yeah, it's like the cargo, right? Chewie's cargo. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think. Yep, Chewie's cargo. There okay. it is. Chewie's cargo dot net. Uh, it's cool though because I think he's going to be able to update that more frequently. The reason why I thought of that, Steve, is I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I haven't put up the transition sticker I got. And I got that like four years ago, Steve. I haven't oh, updated so the, the site. I mean, the museum needs a renovation. The museum needs a renovation. I mean, I'll do like little features here or there. Yeah. But yeah. like actually like updating the vintage section is in, is in sore need. So yeah. so Brad's uh, Brad's hooking that up um, by having something more more there. So go to Chewy'sCargo.net for more information on, on Chewbacca stuff. Good deal. Um, and sorry, Brad, to stick that in the middle of the market watch, but <laughs> I mean, it's not like people skip around, anyways. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a good thing. We we got it in there. Um, but yeah, I think that actually that rounds out the market watch. Um, a huge thank you again to to Michael and Pete. You guys uh, 
blow my old market watches out of the water. So it's great, great to have you contributing. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great. It's, uh, Steve and I were commenting off air how much easier it is to record these. Oh, Steve, I wish I could talk about go back in time. The first, the first couple episodes we did, it was just like it was like we, seven, it was, like seven hours. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. We just record and re-record it, and I would edit out every single um, and and then you go back and you listen to them, and they're terrible. Anyways, oh, it's great. Uh, and someday, Steve, we'll go back and listen to these and think they're terrible. Uh, you never know. In a matter of days for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, let, let's get back to the the feedback, and uh, we'll have our new poll, and uh, and and all that kind of fun stuff. All right. All right, Steve. Well, uh, the good news as far as feedback and stuff goes, uh, we now officially have a a representative. Uh, that's um, a good that's a good uh word combination there <laughs> yeah it's uh so uh r2d tour uh, paul um who actually lives in the south of france near where i used to live um he's he's english but he lives in the south of france um he's going to be our representative over there on the, on the imperial gunnery so yeah it's it's great I, it sounds like next month we're going to have some good oddball stuff to uh to report on so i'm, I'm really looking forward to that yeah, it's good. I, you know. It's really important that we branch out from just talking about Rebel Scum. And, I mean, yeah. of course, we could just go over there, but for some reason, I always feel weird whenever I'm over there being an American. <laughs> Did, could you get that feeling too, Steve? Well, you know, I, what's weird is uh, I was actually emailed Paul about this. Is uh, I, I hadn't logged on to there for a while, and uh, I was just trying to read the regular forum, and it was asking me to log in. Right. So I, I just created myself an account um, just like a couple hours ago, so hopefully I'll be able to get in there and, and check it out. But, uh, yeah, I... I I kind of for the longest time I just didn't really know about it, and then, then going through, I'm like, "Oh, this this is kind of weird." I mean, it's cool though; it's great. It's a great thing it's to cool, have because it's not like whenever you know British people post on American forums, I'm like, you know, get out of here, red coat. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> right? I, I don't feel the reverse, but but somehow I always feel like that's like their sacred space. But anyway, it's some <laughs> some we can talk about with Paul because I'm sure it's. I'll take any excuse to feel like I'm excluded. Um, <laughs> So yeah, let's uh, let, let's get into a little bit little bit more feedback. So, uh, so I'd say the poll went really well. Um, yeah, that was a great great idea that that you guys put that up there. Uh, L- uh, Lobart was laughing because the poll is like the cheapest, most low rent looking poll I've ever seen, but it works, you know. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's functional, right? It, it's functional, and once again, Mansuit is the winner. So, I, I'm still just shocked and appalled by that. So I, I think we're gonna have to have a new one. For Walrus Man, I'm thinking, yeah. what really? Why is it that they made it a vest? Yeah. Um. So, or or maybe what? <laughs> something about the web feet too. Maybe I don't know. Something about the web feet. So I'm I'm going to propose that we call it his turtle vest. <laughs> <laughs> turtle vest. Okay. Turtle vest because it's 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 part vest, part turtleneck. Uh, that's true. It's also part onesie again. Yeah, it snaps in yeah. the bottom. Oh man, this is just gonna get us into trouble. <laughs> it's gonna get us in trouble. Um, but what do you propose, Steve? Oh, see, I, I'm, I, I kind of, I mean, it was a Are you pulling, go with pulling, again? You can pulling go with teeth, man-suit. pulling teeth to get man suit for last time. So I gotta, I gotta do something better than that. I don't think you can. <laughs> I, I guess I, walrus man suit. 
<laughs> no, no, that just doesn't that doesn't fly. Um, well, I'll let you think about it, Steve, because right. like I said, there's the best YouTube clip ever. Um, so, <laughs> so part of our feedback, uh, Tommy Garvey's been uh, been uh, you know he's in he's in law school, um, so he's he seems like he's really 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 busy, and then when he's less busy, he's able to post a lot more. And uh, I love those times because I always love it when oh, he's yeah. around because he's always you know funny and 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 pays attention to stuff. Um, we used to, you know, I think what, what the, the term used to always be book him, Tommy, because he was, Tommy. uh, <laughs> he, he, he has this like great database of great threads. Um, so he, he's, uh, he's kind of talking a little bit and well, I guess I'll lead up to it. I'll continue teasing it out. So there's lots of good response. Amazing, amazing Photoshop work. Um, Jared's hammer, oh, man. hammer bunch is just great. Uh, this um, this is my I, I've said it already. This is that was my favorite uh, <laughs> group of of digital art for any episode. Yeah. I just it was just so good. The Lithuanian basketball team too. I yeah, mean, the, just couldn't. Have... So he did the Lithuanian basketball team, and that's just just great. Just to have because uh, it wasn't just him, and the it's not it's like the entire team. Um, yeah. And I almost, He's in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, I almost think that you could maybe even fit in Walrus Man in there too, but I, I don't know. But he's in the lineup, and it's it's just great. Um, and and then the Hammer Bunch, again, just perfect. Uh, and then even <laughs> kind of had a new one, John Peck. <laughs> uh, oh no, him, he went Borat. <laughs> yeah, he put him in the Borat thing, and that's great. I mean, that really is that really is the, it's the same color. You know, it's the same yeah. teal blue color. And it's it's a onesie, and and I kind of wonder was Sasha Baron Cohen thinking of of Walrus Man? I mean, of of Hammerhead. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that was definitely great. And then and then Tommy makes out makes the point that Hammerhead is also wearing a one piece suit, and uh, and so he said, you know. Uh, I'm gonna quote it. You got to wonder where all these figures are shopping. I'm imagining a stall on Tatooine, which sells little fluorescent colored man suits now. And he goes, there's a storm coming, Annie. Better buy a onesie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a quote from episode one, uh, where there's the old lady who's like rocking like the quasi dreadlocks. And uh, she tells Annie, Anakin, there's a storm coming. And so just on YouTube, I just happened to find a remix of someone <laughs> who took There's a Storm Coming Up, Annie. And it's not vintage, and it doesn't really have anything to do with anything, but it's great. And you're going to listen to the entire thing right now because you're going to listen to it for two seconds. You're going to be like, this is dumb. And then and then you're going to go and you're going to find this clip on YouTube. And I swear to God, if you are just going to watch it over and over again. I don't know why. Every comment that's on this thread is like, <laughs> I can't stop watching this. Is You just mix it up. It's like, st 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 storm coming, Annie. Storm coming, Annie. <laughs> so, I can't take it. <laughs> so so let's, let's have a listen to this together, Steve. And then we'll, we'll come back for the rest of the feedback. Okay. If the footage we're about to show you is genuine then this could very well be the most important video in the history of mankind. Here. Thank you. All my bones are aching. All my bones are aching. All my bones are aching. Storms coming up, Annie. You better get home quick. You better get home quick. Storms coming up, Annie. Here, you'll like these powers. Storms coming up, Annie. Here, you'll like these powers
storm's coming up, I need to hear your lovely sounds. You better get home quick. You better, you better, you better get home quick. I, I truly believe this should go viral. It's only got 1,444 votes, but I just think it's hilarious. There's a storm coming, honey. There's a storm coming. Oh, my bones are aching. It's so funny. <laughs> um, so just uh, maybe we could make a remix of that. With There's a storm coming, honey. Better get a onesie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you even mentioned that you hate that line. So Oh, it's... <laughs> Seeing as you're you're the you're the the resident vintage snob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, See that that that's how you you really want to psychologically damage me somehow feed that that <laughs> into my sleep and I don't know I may never come back. <laughs> never. Well, I'm getting excited, Steve. You know, because at the party, you know, we're going to be talking, but we're also going to have a playlist. You know. Yeah. So I'm excited because yeah. I want to play. You know, the the all the things where you know some of the music I make is original, but you know most of it's taken from something. So, you know, Market Watch is taken from a Jay Z song, and Handsome Boy Modeling School is the the nugget from the archive. So I'm excited to have like the music playing in the background so that yeah, the people yeah, listen that's... to the show and be like, oh man, there's that ah. song. But we're <laughs> also I want to have that one, Steve, and then I want to have us like being like DJ Clue or something, like talking over it with like our DJ names. <laughs> so like, I want to be like, this is Tom coming, Annie. DJ Loose Chewy, Chewy, like with reverb. And I was thinking you'd be DJ Wing B. So, <laughs> All right, I can, I, can, I can roll with that. That's... I think we can do that. Just get heavy reverb on it. Storm oh. coming, Annie. Archive party. <laughs> um, maybe we can work on a remix of that. Uh, oh, jeez. So. Oh, oh, um, and uh, Scott Bradley, as always, has to one-up us. Um, he's the one-upper from up north. I think that's the, I mean, we should call him. Uh, he, he shows – he mentions that it's a really good point about Hammerhead always looking at himself. Yeah, that's right. But then he shows this – first of all, this beautiful – Oh, I, yeah. I've never seen this figure before. So it's a Spanish Empire Strikes Back Hammerhead. And, and they flipped it upside down. So that in the stem of the bubble, his head fits perfectly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's corrected, but his eyes are still looking They're over. still looking right at him. It's just so funny. And this is better because it's, it's like he's like looking by. He's like, I don't trust that guy over there. <laughs> yeah. We may be the same kind of species, but that one's a little suspicious. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, uh, that, that's, that's you know, one of my favorite things is just the, the, the flood of it. Not just like fun stuff like the – the, the, the extra like information layers yeah. that we get it's just oh, oh and all, all this better. is without mentioning uh ollie's uh very spooky <laughs> picture of of us in the uh Return oh my the god Scout that's, Walker. that that's right <laughs> now, i don't know where you got this picture of me and my red Sox hat that's uh i i think that was from one of the the show note episodes oh uh, was it okay yeah oh that's yeah. right that's me holding up the picture of uh I think that's your Chewbacca, Chewbacca right? Right. Yeah. 
Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that that's a really really good work. Um, and then and then Jared also came up with something which is the wampus. The wampus. So oh. the wampus is something that we we mentioned last episode where uh, we got an email, uh, a private message, all about that the wampus is apparently a term. And even though Jonathan, who's from Nolens, had never heard it, uh, I can pronounce that, Steve. I can't pronounce Brisbane. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> saying how wampus was a mystical creature, and uh, and then we were laughing that that's actually like a cross between walrus man. And a wampa, right? <laughs> so that uh, I believe, Steve. I'm not sure, but uh, Lobart and I are working on sort of official Kivecast designs for T-shirts. And, and that's um, that's going in there as one, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Jared did a good job with this. Like the thing that uh, Lobart does is he's really good at like reducing colors and simplifying things for T-shirts mm-hmm. or something like that. So yeah. I imagine it might be kind of like a take on this, or I, I don't know what it may not be good enough. But I love "I am the Wampus." It's just, it's great <laughs> because see, that's what you said. "I am the Wampus," and that, yeah. as I said, maybe the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> I I don't know. It's funny. I remember re- replying to that thread, and just the last second, I thought of of Donnie from from uh, the Glebowski. <laughs> right, like, of course. Ah! And I just I typed it, and I just pressed send, without even thinking about yeah, it. P.S. <laughs> I am the Wampus. <laughs> um, so that's that's just great, and uh, I'll include some links. I found tons of stuff on Wampuses now. Um, there's oh, there's I... even like teams in the South that are called like the Wampus Cats, ah, uh, and, yeah. a, and a Wampus apparently really is a thing. So <laughs> I, I like the uh, the the song that you sent me too. It was was pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. I found like this weird old song that's like <laughs> the Wampus Cat Rag. So uh, yeah, we, we 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 may want to play that. <laughs> All right, so Steve, what uh, what have you come up with that's better than the uh, than, than the turtle vest? <laughs> and I, I totally cheated on this. I'm just gonna flat out say it right now. But um, I'm gonna call my entry the Odobinus Sark. And uh, oh, I don't uh, even. That's gonna take, get a lot of take, votes. Take, yeah, I know. I, I'm trying to actually lose this one. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'll explain it. That that is a sark is, a, is an old word for a, a shirt like garment from from old England, I guess. And uh, uh, the uh, the first part of that Odobinus is the uh, part of the scientific name for walrus. So that that's just a total botch job. But uh, oh, well, I, I like the sark. That's yeah, cool. sark sounds sounds like I guess Star Wars ish. Walrus but... man sark, and plus that's like the name of a bad guy in Tron, the original. Oh right, right. All right, well, we'll take out the uh, Obama. Yeah, we'll take, so yeah, yeah. That is, yeah. Uh, you can't, you can't even say political. it. <laughs> yeah. So the walrus sark, uh, or the or the turtle vest. I think that's good. I don't think we need more options than that because uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. The thing I was noticing looking at the original photo art is yeah. they didn't alter it either. Like right. Kenner kept it with his full arms. Right. What right. is the deal, Kenner? Why did you give him blue arms? <laughs> I don't know, especially when his arms are the most important thing about him. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, Steve. Um, but lot, lots of good feedback on uh, iTunes. Appreciate that. We're up, yeah, to, yeah. up to 92 uh, stars. Uh, so that's really good. So so please continue to go to iTunes. Good deal. Uh, download the iTunes app just to vote for us. I'm not afraid of that, Steve, right? No. Nope. No. Um, we did get a really long and, and kind of crazy thing 
uh, review, and it was a positive oh, really? one. But I don't know oh, okay. who it was from. Uh, I suspect it might have been Tommy, but it's uh, it goes in about Kuala Lumpur and cleaning bathrooms, and uh, uh, <laughs> it's 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 worth a read, actually. To be okay. honest, I'll have to look look for that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, it kind of goes off about you know albino tigers and white castles and where's the beef T-shirts. Um, oh wow! It's, it's it's a good funny read. But then I like how he ends. He said, "I found this podcast. Sky and Steve are great. They have good genuine chemistry, and it's like hanging out with two buddies." That's um, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I like that because uh, you know we are we are buddies, and I, that's uh, it's always a good a good feel to have in a podcast. Yeah, uh, not just to have uh, colleagues or coworkers. <clears throat> so good, Steve. I think I've yeah. just about talked myself out here. Are you about to just hit the table? <laughs> I'm about to hit the table. Uh, <laughs> speaking of of hitting things and and hurting. Uh oh, uh oh. Steve, it, it is early in the year, but uh, <laughs> as of now, I think you are definitively leading the uh, Kivecast host league. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the chances of a three-peat for me are, are looking quite slim, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. As of now... It, it, it's only been a week. <laughs> it's, it's only been a week, but it's it's been a rough week both for the team that I like and the team that I have fielded. Uh, um, but Steve, you're doing quite well. You're, you're up yeah, I'm doing all right for a while, so... I'm doing okay, yeah. We'll see. All, all you Sark fans, all you... Uh, um, ab- abominous Sark? Uh, yeah. <laughs> No wait. Oh, how not to find that again? I I, <laughs> I like Sark though. That's yes, cool. Sark is a good. It's actually a good garment term. I don't know if it's really applicable, but Odobinus, 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 yeah, Odobinus Sark. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds more like a bad guy than a uh, yeah thing. than a, a garment. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome, Steve. Well, uh, I think that's that's about it. Next month, we will have even more details on the party. Uh, Sounds good. Hopefully, we'll have the Kivecast party remix of the uh, It's Getting Cold Out There, Annie, or The st- uh, Storm's Coming Up. <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah, I, I do have the, the final. So as of now, Steve, uh, I – oh, I'm just – we're tied, Steve. Are we tied right as now? As of right now, we're exactly tied, 72.5 points. So Wow. Hey, that's good. That's I don't good. know how it's working. I, that's, oh well. Uh, yep. I'll, I'll take it. We'll take it. All right. Cool, man. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll no, talk in uh, in May where we'll be talking about Snaggletooth and Princess Sounds good. And we'll have the, the f- gigantic bootleg Cantina festival. Cantina festival. Uh, yes. Joseph Iglesias. Uh, yes, it's gonna be good. That'll be good. Wampa Wampa. Adios. This podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, Hasbro Toys, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. The official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars all names and sounds of Star Wars characters and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or the respective copyright and trademark holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, unless otherwise indicated.